Tell me about the process getting the liquor license. Oh, God, it was a nightmare. It wasn't really a nightmare. I had the paperwork and it intimidated me. So what I finally ended up having to do was calling them and just, they walked me through everything. They want a lot of information from you. I think the whole thing just intimidated me. The process of the questioning and the, when they came in to check out the bar itself, you know, the guy was like, well, you, where's your shelves? And I was like, well, I don't, I don't have any shelves. And he's like, well, if you have a bar, you have to display your alcohol. I was like, okay. So I bought a shelf and put the shelf in. And then he's like, you need a hand washing sink in here. I was like, okay, nobody told me that. So put a hand washing sink. You're listening to the Venue Rx podcast. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Venue RX. On this show, we are passionate about documenting and sharing best practices around owning, operating, and managing world-class wedding venues. And our mission here on this show is to provide you as much information for running your venue, your wedding or event business. We want to make sure that, that we're covering as many of the topics uh, as, as you need to be able to run a very successful business. And so one of the things we do on this show, we do a number of different styles of shows, but we do have our venue owner series. And this is something that I absolutely love. It's been one of my favorite parts of this show. We get to connect with real venue owners, people who are out there, they're running their venues, they're operating their venues, and they're able to speak to us from a place of experience. Uh, in, in kind of all of the things, you know, and all of the hats that you have to wear as a venue owner. And so I'm, I've been really excited about this series. If this is your first time joining us, uh, I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for joining us. If this is your second plus time joining us, consider subscribing uh, to the show and sharing it. We don't run ads or anything to the show, so it makes a big difference if you share the show, uh, post it on social media, drop a link to a friend, whatever it is, whatever the easiest way is for you to share. Uh, it makes a big difference because that's the only way that we grow here, both on YouTube and on all of the other podcast platforms. All right, without further ado, let's get to the show. I am delighted to have Colleen Askew here from the old building 3190. Is that correct? Is that how you say it? Well, it's just the old building. 3190 is the address. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is a good clarification. Thank you. So I'll put 3190 in it. I love it. I love it. Thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate, appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Very um, flattered that you invited me. Well, I'm excited to learn about your venue. I did a little bit of background research, and I'm not going to give it away because I want you to kind of tell everyone about, about your process. But before we get started and talking about the building and kind of everything from when you started to now, could you give me a little bit of your kind of personal background? Like, how did you get into this industry as a whole? Um, oh gosh, let's see. So I started out as a teacher. I taught for 17 years, and then I had four children. So that was kind of busy. So I decided to just kind of, I didn't retire. I quit mid year and I was like, I had enough. So then I started dabbling in, um, decorating for weddings and I got tired of carrying everything around, hauling things in trailers and all that stuff. So I always wanted to have a venue. And so I live about two miles away from here and I, I ride my bike around here and I, I kept passing this building and it just kind of said something to me and it was just this old abandoned nasty building and i called the owner one day randomly and i was like hey what you doing with the building he's like i don't know why what you want to do with it and i was like i don't know so we met that day and i came in here and it was if you've seen the before pictures you probably think i'm crazy for even buying this place but um i asked him if he was selling and he said yeah so i bought it and then it's history, you know, 
three years later and I'm open. So it's been a, a roller coaster. And yes, we opened during COVID. And so that was a challenge, you know, but we, 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 we overcame a lot of challenges. We'll just say that. And then we ended up having to add on to it. So because it's, it was too small. So to make a venue. So you're located in Louisiana, correct? Yes, South Louisiana. All right. How big is your building? It's, I think it's about a total of, within, it's indoors and outdoors and upstairs and downstairs. And it's about 4,000, maybe 3,800 square feet, but it's kind of broken up. It's not all like one big, huge space. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. What's your, what's your capacity? Kind of like what is, cause I know you said it's broken up, but in any given space, what's, what's kind of the largest capacity that you can have? Well, the largest capacity, it's, it's a joke around here. Cause my friends come over here and they laugh at my sign. Cause it says 299 <laughs> and then for that mezzanine deck, it says 49. So like, yeah, just shy of 50 upstairs and just shy of 300. Um, honestly, we've probably had about 200 here comfortably inside and outside. Never have we ever had that many. I mean, we're, we can, but we just don't have that many people that come here. So, but it's nice to have indoor outdoor until it's raining, you know, you know, that's true. I know any venues that have multiple spaces instead of just outdoor or indoor really helps with the seasonality. That yes, total sure. sense. So, so yeah. you, you bought this building. Let's dig into kind of this prep process because I know there's probably venue owners out there who are listening to this. They want to buy a building. Maybe they're in the exact same position you were a couple years ago, right? What transpired between let's take it from, you know, you being interested in this building during that initial process where you were talking to the owner, um, you know, share as much as you're willing to about the financing process. How did you, how did you buy the building? You know, was it an SBA loan? Um, you know, share us a little bit about that, that process through to construction. Sure. Okay. So there was no SBA loan. There was no loan. Unfortunately, um, I didn't really qualify for anything. So I went to bank number one with my, um, business plan, which I just kind of made up a friend of mine's son helped me do it. Cause he, he loves doing all that stuff. So we walked through it and then my husband helped me do the money part of it. So business plan was step number one, bank number one said, no, thank you. You know, we, we, we can't do this. So went to bank number two and it's a local bank, which I have since changed to, and they were all on board. They were excited because the, the building is, is in old Berwick where they're, it's just been, um, what do you call it? It's just, it's, it's just down. It's bad. You know, like everything buildings have been knocked down. It, there's nothing down here. So they were excited because some of them live in Berwick and they were like, absolutely. What can we do to help you? So they, they walked me through all that. And then of course I got my board of health, my, fire marshal, occupation license, and um, I opted to get a liquor license, which that was probably one of my biggest things that took me forever to do. But um, no, the bank lended me the money. I actually had to go twice because the sec the first time I ran out. And so I went back again, got what the second mean, loan. What do you mean you yeah. ran out? I ran out. I ran out of the first loan because so much construction was going on and we just miscalculated and things happen, you know, always get more than you think you're going to get for sure. Um, 
yeah, we, we tried to qualify for things, but even women owned, you know, solopreneur, even though my husband's in on it with me, it's basically just me. Um, so here we are three years That's later. Yeah, still, so I mean, I, still paid, I paid one loan off, so we're good with that, but I still have a second loan. So, um, but that's it, huge. It's I, been a process. I was going to ask you mentioned a couple of different types of licenses and permits that you had to get. Board of Health, you mentioned. Um, I know everyone I talk to, regardless of you know where they are, there's some sort of permitting process, and depending on where you are in the country, it's easier or more difficult, right? I think I'm probably on the easier side okay. from what I've been listening to on your podcast. Um, it's not as bad as everybody else's. I, I'm not sure why. Um, I think because we're so small here. I mean, our, our town has barely 5,000 people in it, but our community had like our parish. Cause we have parishes here. We all know everybody. Like I knew the fire marshal. I, I you know, like I know people that it's just not strangers. And I'm also on the, Berwick Town Council. So I, it was easier for me to kind of learn the process because they walked me through it. Of course, I had to recuse myself from voting on, you know, my liquor license and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I think it's easier here. I don't know why. I feel like it, it sounds difficult for other venues to get things started. But again, I'm on a smaller scale. I yeah. don't have a working kitchen. I just have a, a warming station. Um, best thing I ever did because I did contemplate catering and all that. And I was like, no, no. So, and it works out fine. So yeah, all the, the challenges of that was, was tough. Board of health was probably the hardest one to get in touch with people. Um, they had come in and told me I, I needed a couple extra things for handicap and, and I immediately did them, but it took me forever to get them to come back just to okay it, you know, you, but, you talked about the, the loan process of getting there. And I think that's probably, maybe the scariest part for a lot of people, right? Because talking about Absolutely. the money, thinking about the money, how much, how much should I get? You said get more, you ran out of the first one. I love that you said that, by the way, because I think it's so easy in this world to be, like show up on social media as all of the, the pretty stuff. And that's obviously what you want to do, right? For your clients to attract people. But this, ed this podcast is like education-based. And so no, this, this is the real thing with me. And I'm, I'll share with you, the addition that we had to add on. So if you've seen pictures of it, the original building that I'm in right now was cinder block and steel. Well, it wasn't big enough. So we added on an addition, which um, it's been nothing but trouble, nothing but trouble. Like I have leaks everywhere. I also have a terrace outside. So it's a flat roof. If you know about flat roofs, there's a, there's a, that's for real. So I have leaking when it's not raining. I have cracks in my, all in the new part, new construction. So all of that has been happening for day since day one. So that's my cross to bear here is to finally find someone that can pinpoint where all the leaks are coming from. And that it's just things you just don't think you're going to do, you know, like that's what I'm saying. The loan runs out because, Oh, well, that window's leaking. But if you cover it with a, an awning, it's not going to leak anymore. So there's another $3,000. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Everything was like $3,000 or 6,000. It was, it's kind <laughs> of, a yeah. Um, but other than that, like daily, like I have towels at the back door right now because the leaking comes down off the roof, down the back door, 
door always has water spots on it. Floors are, uh, it's, it's a nightmare. So it's not always fun. This part's fun. The, the original building, but the back part is just, you know, always expect something to go wrong because it's just part of the, it's just part of the business. It, even if you're dealing with contractors and whatnot, you know, did you add on that part? Was that kind of always part of your business plan or when you got into the building originally, you said, gosh, this is maybe a little small, like we need to add on. No, I knew I had to add on. So, I mean, I don't know how much you want to hear about it, but the, the, it's <laughs> another fun fact. The building actually ends, my property ends at the back of this part that I bought the rest of it. And I, I'm on a seawall. I don't know if you know what a seawall is where we would live on a, the Atchafalaya river. And so, it, yeah, so we have a huge wall behind us. Well, there's stipulations on how you can build away from there and how far away and all this stuff. So the, the family that owned the land right there could never legally do anything with it because it's so small. They, there's no way they could have built or done anything. So I got with them and I was like, hey, will you sell me that piece of property? And they were like, no, we can't sell it to you because it's tied up in succession with all kinds of people. And I'm like, oh no. He was like, but you can have it. Just do what you want. I was like, okay. So we did, we had a little agreement. Well, lo and behold, three years later, as of last week, I had to go sign a lease and I pay him once a month, uh, like a $250. I don't know what they do with it, but I'm, I'm still trying to buy it or even pay for this succession so that I don't have to be under that contract anymore. So there, there are a lot of things, even just, just being next to a seawall, there's like, it, like I have a fence against it and I had to get permission from them to build that. And with me knowing that if something happens, they have to knock down the wall, the, the fence, it is what it is, you know? So lots of challenges, fun, fun challenges, you know? Talk, talk to me, the seawall, what is that? I, I'm not familiar with that. And I haven't talked to any venues that are in that situation. So I'm kind of curious a little bit more about that. Okay. So back in the day that this was just like two streets or whatever, one of them was called front street and it's on the Atchafalaya river. And if, I don't know if you can find pictures of it, but we have a lighthouse right behind the seawall. So anyway, when the water would get high back in the day, they had to build some kind of retaining wall. So there's openings to it. Well, when it gets like if there's a hurricane coming or the water's up high on, on the river on our side, then we close the gates and it shuts off. So that that goes into the whole port of Morgan City, which is right next to us. And it, it's a whole thing. So look that up. It's on the Atchafalaya River um, in Berwick. You can see the sea. Well, if you look up the the um, lighthouse in Berwick, you'll see the wall. And some of the wall is is like cut out and they have like fish painted in it and like crawfish, crabs, Berwick's printed. Out. I even have one imprint. It's like a big star, like a big sunburst facing my back of my building and I was just told that I could paint it. So I'm pretty excited about that. It just says Canton street, but yeah, it's a thing. It's a seawall. <laughs> Very cool. Okay. I'm going to have to look that up. I love that. Have to look that up. It's pretty cool. It's, it's neat. So talk, to, just share real quick and we'll kind of close out the section of the build and, and kind of all the construction side of things. How long did it take from when you first started the talks with the owner and getting paperwork and the business plan together and the financial process all the way to construction to like 
you know, day one opening, some sort of grand opening party, or maybe even your first event? What was that duration of time? Let's see. I let's see. I was probably two and a half years okay. before before we were done. Three, possibly, yeah, two and a half years, and then we opened. Um, and you actually opened in September of 2020, correct? I had one party, and it was a family party, and this was during COVID, and it was just the mother and father. It was the mom's 80th birthday. I'll never forget this because she was a dear friend of mine. And her, how many kids, six kids or seven kids? Anyway, it was just them and their mom and dad. No spouses, no children. It was a dinner party private. It was a surprise. It was it was great. It was the best best way to open to have a party first. And then later on, then we had another party for the next day because they planned one somewhere else and it was raining. So they came back the next day with the friends. Anyway, she just, sadly, she just passed um, not too long ago, but a um, couple months. But I, I was so honored to, to host for them because they're such a great family. But then we had our grand opening after that, our ribbon cutting with the Chamber of Commerce and all that stuff. Was that crazy scary for you? Like being, you know, you're in this discussions, the finance, all of the stuff, and then all of a sudden COVID happens. Like when that really started, some of that news started really picking up. Did you for a moment think, oh my gosh, maybe I like shouldn't do this? Or like, did you ever have those feelings? Absolutely. Um, and you know, some people, I, I didn't have a lot of bookings yeah. to really postpone or whatnot. We, we postponed a couple of parties um, but it, it really, I don't know. It didn't affect me that much because I didn't have every weekend booked. I'm, I'm not that venue. I don't have, I'm not getting on here and saying, Oh, I have a hundred weddings this week or, or this year and 50 this year. Like it's not, it's not me. This is not where we're at right now. I'm still in the baby steps. You know, I'm just starting to really start booking. I have Mardi Gras party. Um, I had a lot of Christmas parties, you know, those were just started. It's just starting to roll. Just, I have a tough crowd. Totally. Let's talk about that. So I'm curious when you, when you were looking at the building, you know, you said you were driving back and forth by it so much, I guess, let me say it a different way. What I've seen in the venue space so far is either you serve a very, you know, local crowd with a couple of people who come in and use it kind of a, as a destination location. I know that's how some of our properties are. You know, 80% of the folks were getting in the kind of 50 to 90 mile radius around the property. And then we've got our folks from, who, come in, who are coming in from different states and things like that. But primarily it's that kind of 50 to 90 mile radius. Are you seeing that at your property where the primary audience that you have is around your geographic location or are you getting people coming from from well out of town um i'm not really getting a lot of people from out of town they may be from out of town but they're from here they may live in texas they may live in california they may and and we're just on the phone all the time planning it you know um i once i got my website taken care of and they started really uh, now I'm getting like Google reviews and now I'm getting I'll ask people well how did you find out about me and like oh we, we just googled I'm like are you serious like that 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 like like I told you I'm like new to this so I'm like so excited when they tell me they google me and they live 30 miles away in Houma Louisiana I mean that just it's exciting you know um but most of it is local 
Yeah, I would say most of them are local. But like I said, in the beginning, I didn't, going back to the bank real quick, I didn't have any comps. There's nowhere around here that's not a restaurant venue. There's no venue here that is just a venue like this. Nowhere. Like you have to go 40, 35, 40 miles out. Um, so that was tough. And it's tough. It's still tough because I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm on an island by myself here. Like I taught myself everything. I don't know if I'm doing it right or wrong, you know. The cool, <laughs> but, uh, the cool thing, though, is when you, I think you have some unique advantages. I mean, I definitely, I hear you kind of positioning it maybe as a disadvantage, but the advantage is that, you know, you, you don't have anyone around you. And I know there's plenty of venues in, I know specifically in the Austin area, plenty of places in Texas where there's about a venue every couple hundred feet, you know, yeah. and they're all kind of sort of the similar similar thing and so that comes with its own unique set of challenges uh it sounds like there's not a lot of spaces necessarily you said within a kind of a 30 mile radius yeah i mean okay. we have like um we have civic centers if you want to get married in a gym and have to drape everything and i mean that that's pretty much the other option other than a restaurant where you have to buy that food you know okay. and some people don't like to do that they're actually liking the option of bringing their own caterer with, with my approval, of course, you know, you know. Is that a new thing for your area? Is that something that most people don't do when there's a venue? Is it usually catering and bar and everything all included? Yeah, usually, unless it's at, like I said, a civic center or something like that where they have to bring it in. But um, it, it's, it's different. You know, but some it but it's been fun because some of those venues, restaurants have actually catered here. So it's kind of cool. They, yeah, we work together. Yeah. I mean it's not what? I'm sorry. So you mentioned that you're you have a tough crowd, I think is kind of the t term you used. What did you mean by that as far as the people that you have at your venue? I think just just getting the bookings are tough because they are going, it, they may think I'm too expensive or it's not big enough, you know, or I don't have a restaurant or they'd rather go drive 40 miles away to a bigger and prettier place. You know, that, that kind of, that kind of stuff affects, affects me. You know, the pricing, like I said, that has been my cross to bear. I, I go back and forth. I struggle with that. <clears throat> I'm trying to be fair, though, you know, because I, I'm the only employee here. I have no team. I have no janitor. I have nothing. I am the toilet cleaner, the setup, the stay while that it's going on, and the cleanup. I do everything. I mean, I have friends that come and help me do things, but I'm not at the point where I can afford to pay a manager and a team. That would be like a dream, but I'm just not there yet. Totally. Do you feel comfortable sharing with us your pricing and maybe how you decided on the pricing yeah. that you have currently? Um, I, well, I just kind of, I just added on a little bit. My normal pricing was 3,500 for the day. It's not a weekend. It's just a day. Um, it includes everything, tables and chairs. Uh, they don't have to pay extra for that. I do charge for tablecloths, which everybody keeps telling me I'm too cheap because they're $5 to rent. I know I'm terrible. Um, so I am going up on that price. And I just recently added on 500 to do a wedding here because the, the setup and the breakdown is, you know, it's a lot of work. And I'm, like I said, I'm usually here by myself. So that's me. 
So it's basically 4,000 if you want to get married here, have your reception, have access to everything. They, I let people use things in my kitchen. I have warmers and I don't charge people for all that. And I know I should be, but I'm just, I'm too nice. <laughs> no, and you're figuring it out too. You know, you're kind of seeing what works. You're getting some feedback. You're having some events. You've, you've said a couple of times weddings versus corporate events kind of juxtaposing those two. Do you do more corporate events or more social events rather than weddings at this point? Yeah, but for those I charge different. I do like 250 per hour. Um, but I just decided that I was going to go down Monday through Thursday. I'll do 200 per hour because it's not being rented anyway. So why not just go down? Um, I do a lot of baby showers, wedding showers. Um, I do a lot of the sheriff's department, um, academy graduations and stuff like that. Like I don't just focus on weddings. I can't. There's no way. And then I have my own events where I host like a brunch here and there and people pay online to come. And then they, you know, I have like acoustic and food and all that stuff. So I, I try to overcompensate with my own, you know, my own events, which my area doesn't have, we don't have a place to just go eat brunch. So people love it. Like it's, these women like to drink bottomless mimosas. <laughs> that's, so, that's really yeah. cool though. Cause you're, you're finding the need and then you're kind of creating a space where the need can be satisfied. I love that. That's right. You're an entrepreneur, obviously. <laughs> I, I can't stop. It's just like my daughter also owns a, a boutique right across the street. And so we'll do pop-up events here. Or if, if I have a good friend that makes candles out of town and he's like, let's do a pop-up. I'm like, I'm down. Like I'm down for anything that'll help me pay my bills. And um, we've done fashion shows. We've done St. Patrick's Day, beer tastings, we've done wine tastings, martini night. I mean, we're trying. It's just not weddings. You know, I can't just be. But I, I try to explain that to people that you don't just have to do weddings. I mean, it's 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 what you want to do. You know, it depends on that's where the money's at, honestly. But I like I said, I don't get the bookings that that y'all get and bigger places get. Not yet. Totally. Well, and I was going to say not yet. So when you think about that, I know earlier you said, you know, 50 events, 100 events per year. We're not really at that point yet. Is that something that you want to move towards or are you more interested in kind of having a certain number of weddings or events that you do just because you don't want to be there, you know, 100 hours a week? <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I used to be, I used to say this when I first opened, I, my daughter was always picking on me about like, you know, what's your goals and all this. And I was like, I, I want to be on the knot. And now I'm like, I don't want to be on the knot. I don't even, I've never been on the knot, but I listen to everybody else. And they're like, don't do that. I just want to have a place where people can come in and just enjoy it and be comfortable and, and can afford it. You know, not, it doesn't have to be what well, I would love to have 20 weddings a year. Like that, that would be my goal right now. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but for me, that that's a lot for me. 30 would be over the top. I would, I'd be so excited. I might even be able to hire somebody, you know, I did hire somebody for my daughter's wedding, which was Saturday. I, I hired a little manager and I said, I don't want to deal with anything. The spills are yours, everything. And he did a phenomenal job. So very cool. It was great. Well, congratulations yeah. on your daughter's marriage. Thank That's you. really cool. Thank you. I now have a married daughter. And so neat because she got married in your space, correct? She got married down the street a block away at our, lo our 
um, Catholic church. And then we did a champagne um, tent outside of church and everybody got champagne. And then we did a second line walking down the street and it was, it was great. That's so the second cool. line to Mardi Gras. <laughs> talk, if you talk, talk. Well, tell me a little bit about your market there, because is it where, you know, here it's pretty common for people to do, and even for religious ceremonies, to do both the wedding and the reception in the same space. You know, maybe one out of 10, maybe two out of 10, we're getting people who are at a church or somewhere else, right? They're getting married and then they're coming over and just doing the reception in our spaces. Is that still pretty common in, in Louisiana where you're at? I mean, honestly, that was only my second one that, um, that got married in a church and, and then came down here. Everybody else gets married outside on the terrace or inside, if, you know, it's raining or whatnot. It, it is not really, I mean, it is to us because we grew up like that. We all, all, me and my friends all got married in churches. Our kids are getting married in churches. It's nothing against anybody that wants to get married here. You know, I'm just, that's just not, it's just not us. But it, it definitely happens all the time around here. People do not get married in churches all the time at all. They go to the venue, get married, have the, everything at one place. So, Got it. Got it. That makes, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. South Louisiana. Yeah. Well, and it's different. Different places in the country have different things. We actually talked to a, a venue owner in Utah, and it was fascinating because there are more traditional Mormon weddings that are like totally blew my mind. Like there's, and then it made sense because I was like, okay, no dancing, no alcohol, and some of these different things. The entire format of the wedding is different. You've got a brunch piece. You've got like heavy on desserts. You've got the whole parish coming out instead of, so it really was cool. And that's why I love this, this series so much because you get to kind of explore and discover so many different ways that people do weddings and utilize their venues throughout the country. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a our thing, uh, probably the most um, consistent thing is the bar. <laughs> We definitely like to drink in Louisiana. So if the bar, if there is no bar, people are not, the the client's guests are not happy. Like they get aggravated. So now what we do is when the, when the client says, I'm not paying for people to drink, I now, I used to give them an option. Now I don't. I say, well, then they can buy their own here. You know, I mean, it's awkward, but it's awkward, but they still going to pay for it, you know? Yeah. But drinking is the liquor license was right on time. Like that, that gets me through a lot, <laughs> unfortunately. Well, and no, that makes a lot of sense though. Cause if you're in a social environment, I actually did a, a year not drinking and it was the, the part that was like when there were social gatherings, that was the part that I was like, I can like need something in my hand, you know, like I need, like you need, and it's that social element definitely. Cause it's sometimes awkward. You're seeing friends and family you haven't seen in a while. And so you know, a little liquid courage never. It's really, awkward. it's really awkward when the family's parents don't want the alcohol, but the bride and groom do. And then that's a huge thing. And I'm just like, and then the, the wedding happens and then everybody's just kind of sitting around. I mean, I know it's, it's terrible that everybody wants a drink, but it's just a little comfort thing, I guess. And dancing. I can't imagine people not dancing here. We don't, we don't have that. We dance and drink and eat. <laughs> That's Louisiana. So tell me about the process, getting the liquor license. Oh, God, it was a nightmare. <laughs> um, it wasn't really a nightmare. I just, 
I had the paperwork and it intimidated me and I had it and I look at it and then I'd say, I'd give it to a friend and say, can you help me with this? And they'd be like, I don't know what to do. So what I finally ended up having to do was calling them and just, they walked me through everything. I mean, they, they want a lot of information from you. And then you have to put up a sign, you know, that you're going to big, big yellow sign. You get that in the mail and you have to put that up for a couple of weeks warning the neighbors and stuff that you're going to have a liquor license and, and then you just renew it once a year, which is not a big deal. Um, I think that the whole thing just intimidated me, the process of the questioning and the, the people, the, when they came in to check out the bar itself, you know, the guy was like, well, you, where's your shelves? And I was like, well, I don't, I don't have any shelves. And he's like, well, if you have a bar, you have to display your alcohol. I was like, Okay, so I bought a shelf. I put the shelf in. And then he's like, "You need a hand washing sink in here." I was like, "Okay, nobody told me that." So I put a hand washing sink. It, it was a lot. It was a lot of things to think about. So I would do your research on your bar because it's it is literally. I, if I could double the space or triple it, I would because that's where my line is all the time. No matter if I have one or two bartenders, the the liquor. Um, Anyway, you have to display your liquor license and whatnot, and you have to make sure you have bartenders that have their bar card and all that stuff. So it's funny, though, because some of my friends are like, I'm getting my bar card. I want to I want to bartend for you. I'm like, OK, you're going to make a lot of money. So it's really funny because I have good friends that that bartend now they, and they're like grown women with other jobs and they want to do it. And I'm like, OK, well, it's fun. I, I, I did bartending for quite a while and it's so social. You know, you're with people primarily in a really positive, social, festive environment. And so they love it. They love every minute of it. So and I, and I do generally put up a menu for the wedding or the event like this is what's going to be, you know, because the, the, they'll say, OK, well, I want this package and we're going to do Michelob Ultra and Bud Light and this kind of wine. And so I put the menu out so that their guests know exactly what to expect. And it says on there, if you want additional drinks, you have to pay for it. And we don't have any problems with it. It's not, it's not bad, but you know, I have to make my money. So. Totally. Totally. Well, I want to talk about your, your business a little bit and maybe some of the future, you know, what does the future look like as you, you know, maybe grow, get those 20, 30, 40 weddings, right? You grow the business that you're in. Um, but you know, what for you, is something that you're really excited about with your property and where do you look to go in the next couple of years? Well, I bought the land across the street from me. So it's just a big empty lot right now. It's actually two lots put together. So eventually I'll, I really want a bridal suite. And I mean, I, I haven't really looked too, too much into it about the importance of it, but I know the brides that, that we come in contact with, they, they want a pretty space to get married in. So I figured it would double as an Airbnb um, so we're going to branch out across the street and then there, it's funny, you just asked me that because right before I sat at the chair right here, I was across the other side of me, there's a, an old bar and I'm about to buy that. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm going to make it a lounge, you know, nice place to go after the wedding. Um, right now people smoke in there and all that stuff. So we're going to either renovate it or build a new one. Um, but after, after the events, there's really nowhere to go around here to just hang out and have a cocktail, you know, 
velvet sofas and hang out leather stuff, you know, the whole vibe. That's what I'm going to go for. So I'm just going to kind of extend my, I, I want businesses to come down here and not just, just, not just me, but I want everybody to coordinate and, and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just have the crew benefit of like, um, when you have an event, there's kind of the whole I collective. Cohesive. Yeah, yeah, cohesive. There like you I go. All cohesive yeah. is the word I'm looking for. Yes. I have a question. Um, you're sharing. Well, I obviously have a lot of questions. <laughs> you're you're sorry, I'm sharing so much. No, 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 no. I love it. That's what this is for. So I'm curious because you clearly have a a very maybe unique progressive vision of not only the space, what you can do with the surrounding area. You've just said you bought the property next door. You have this vision of a bridal suite, the bar. You, you know, you're thinking about doing a lounge. You mentioned the velvet. So you, you have, I can tell, you've got this clear picture in your mind of, of how it could be. What inspires you? Like, how did you get, where, where are these ideas coming from? I think when I ran, when I decided to run for office, which was so bizarre to me because I can't even believe I did that. And this, now I'm on my second term. Um, I am actually in charge of economic development. So that's like my mission in life is to bring Broward back. And I meet with, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Kevin Shepard, Monty Anderson with Vidunity. They have a podcast also. I was, I was on theirs and they came down to help two of our towns and give us ideas. Well, our town is only cultural. We don't, we're not historical. We're not main street. So we're trying to capitalize on the cultural ideas so like we just painted a mural on the bridge in november we had it finished we just started a food truck court literally behind the bar so we're trying to bring culture here so that's my main I, i'm just trying to bring the town back but like uh, it gets exhausting when it's only me and no one else wants to invest you know it's i'm like why am i always the one that wants to buy the property and and flip it and make it nice you know but it's just in me i don't know i have this weird entrepreneur thing my daughter has it we'll probably build her boutique across the street i don't know it's just in me <laughs> know where it came from but probably from being on the council and and seeing now that i know the town and every street and i mean i walk the town all the time um exercise around here all the time it's not that big and it's kind of like a i guess people call it like a bedroom community we don't have a lot of businesses here we have one restaurant they're not open a lot um we don't have a grocery store here so we have a dollar general and we have the schools are great here you know we have great schools and we have good people and uh, so many people are like oh, i wish we had a place to go after the wedding or you know, I wish we had a place to go after this and that. And I'm like, okay, so my wheels are turning. Now my phone's ringing off the hook. Everybody's like, okay, do this, do that. And I'm like, y'all, I haven't even bought it yet. So it's, it's in the, it's in the works and it's not pretty. It's going to be <laughs> renovated or whatnot, but it's, I don't know. My mind's, my Pinterest boards are all over the place. I'm like, I'm everywhere. <laughs> I love it. Well, you're a fire starter. You know, you're totally, you're, and your phone's ringing off the hook because I think people realize that and they're like, hey, like, you're the person that, that we can get behind to help make some of this stuff happen. So, yeah. That's really spearhead. cool. I'm the spearheader. I, I'm the one that goes to the mayor and I'm like, I have an idea. And he goes, what you got? You know, <laughs> um, but he's great. He is 
great. He's like a dad to me, you know, he's definitely like a father to me. And then the rest of the council's all men. So, um, this term we were about to start running again and we went unopposed, which was historical here. So we must be doing something right. Very cool. Very cool. Colleen, I want to wrap up with a question just about your marketing, how you're currently marketing. Um, is it word of mouth? You know, you said wedding wire and the knot, maybe not so much, but talk to me about how you're marketing and reaching out to people. Um, Social media is like my jam. That's what I do. And I'm, I'm that person. I do the Instagram. I do Facebook. I do TikTok. Yes, I make a fool of myself on TikTok. Um, I was a member. I'm still a member of the Chamber of Commerce. So they blast things for me, you know, on emails. And they'll ma mail out things when I'm having events or whatnot. Word of mouth, pretty much. Everybody just kind of... Now it's known as the old building. So I'm finally... Finally getting known. I still have people that come here and go, I can't believe this is in Berwick. Like, where have I been? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I've been talking about this forever. Um, so, yeah, I use all those. And I, I do have a website, which I ended up having to pay somebody to do because I could not, could not handle that. That was just mind-blowing to me. So that was, that was well worth it. Very cool. Yeah, the website's, the website's nice. I did my research there, you know, and it was, it was really cool to learn about you, your family, your, your four kids. Um, I, I, I realized I had one more question, so maybe I was preemptive in saying that was the last one. That's okay. Good. Do you use any sort of CRM system or any sort of process, like once someone books with you or wants to have an event, you know, what happens to them after that? I use HoneyBook. All right, very cool. Love, I love HoneyBook. The only thing I don't, I can't figure out is the batch emails. That's the only thing I can't figure out. I do it, I send them out, and then I can't get back to the group. So I need to research that. But I absolutely love HoneyBook. It has been a lifesaver for every aspect of it. Emails, you know, and connected to the website. It, it's just been, it's been perfect. And then like my bar and stuff, I use a square, the square. So that also connects in so everything's pretty much online you know have a record of everything but i really do like honeybook i've never tried any other one so i don't know any different also very cool i know we've started to interview some of the different platforms because i'm curious i've been curious i mean we we run on honeybook right now uh for the five venues that we manage but we were there are some things like as, as we start getting more and more venues, there are some things that I think we start regularly breaking that we're, you know, looking to maybe look for other resources. So as we're doing the research, I'm interviewing some of the platforms and it's been cool to learn more about those. But HoneyBook certainly is a really fantastic option and, and such a great price for the value that you get, certainly. No doubt. I just sent Corey, he's my little guy. I just sent him an email. I said, okay, I'm sending you pictures of my daughter's wedding and can you write this up for her? And he's like, absolutely, I got you. So I'm, I'm curious to see how he's going to um, change it up. Do you know him? Is he with HoneyBook? Yes. Oh, no. Reporter. No, I don't he's know. Great. Yeah, and I, Christy called me the other day checking on me. So like they're, they're, really, they're really fun to work with. I mean, like I said, it's just me. So I don't know any different. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Colleen, thanks so much for coming on the show today. It's been an absolute blast getting to know a bit more about you and about Berwick and about everything you're doing there uh, in South Louisiana. If people are excited about reaching out to you, they're curious about your venue, maybe even they want to uh, book you for something, where is the best place for them to reach you? 
best place is on my website. Um, I mean, I, like I said, I have Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, but it's easier on the website. Did you, are you listing that? Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll have, nope, I'll have everything down okay, in, do down in the bottom. Okay, okay. Yeah, website has a contact form and all the information, all the pricings on there. I'm, I'm an open book. I'm not, I'm not that venue that doesn't post all that. I'm just, it is what it is. Cool. Can, for anyone who's listening on the podcast, could you tell us what your Instagram handle is so they can, they can reach out if they're interested? It's just the old building. The old building. Cool. It's just the old building. Unless it has venue behind, I don't even remember. I don't know. I have to go back and look at it. The website is the place to go, people. Yes, website. Just go to the website. The Please old, Google. perfect. It's theoldbuilding3190.com. And yeah, Colleen, thanks again for, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. I appreciate it. It was fun. Take care. Thank you. Hey there. Thanks so much for listening. If you are a return listener, could you do me a huge favor and consider rating and reviewing the show? We don't run ads. We're not really looking to do that, but we do want to grow the show. And so my ask to you is you take a moment or two and rate the show wherever you're listening to it, whether that is Apple Music, Spotify, uh, even if you're on you know, YouTube, I'd love, to, I'd love to hear from you. Please shoot me a DM though on Instagram so that I can thank you personally and I'd love to shout you out as well. I appreciate you more than you can imagine. All right, back to the show.